Welcome to the Journey NYC podcast. Welcome to the Journey NYC podcast. Where we take you on an inspirational journey into the lives of others. Journeys of dedication, grit, perseverance, and all the intangibles required for growth. Real talk from real people. Now, here are your hosts, Anthony Lukakagi and Jesse Dufresne. Good afternoon from Captivity. This is Anthony and... And we're here from the Journey NYC podcast. Um, today we are also here with our sound and our visual guy um, on video, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, it's uh, Jacques, all the way from Alabama. So yeah, Glad Alabama. Yeah, is that exactly. what that accent is? This not no, that's not what my that's not my accent at all. Don't uh, uh-uh. it's two totally different things. <laughs> He's I been there too long, words. Jesse. He's gonna come back with a drawl. Anyway, we are in captivity, um, obviously, um, and we thought we'd actually just drop a quick episode down. This will be a little bit different than our normal episodes. Um, I believe this is episode 10 or 11. 11. Um, It's episode 11, and um, we just wanted to chat a little bit about, you know, what's been going on and find out from you guys what's also been happening in your end of the world. Um, through this coronavirus and through COVID-19. Jacques, you were telling us that in Alabama, it's really different because Jesse and I are, you know, you're normally with us as well, but we're right now in New York City um, and you are in Alabama and you said that it's very different there. Yeah, the culture of the South is not based on correct information at all. Uh, you know, uh, the, mo- the most media people watch is Fox News. And people are just not, uh, just, just very anti mainstream media, at least mainstream liberal media. So when you have moments like these, uh, a lot of people are just very, uh, uh, just, just very, uh, not willing just to believe it just for, just, just for the fact of what it is. I think that, I think one of the issues is, um, not just information, but uh, people don't want to be in fear. People don't want to live in fear. So they rather say this doesn't exist. This is a hoax. Because once you accept what COVID is, you have to extremely shift what you're doing with your life. So down here, people aren't wearing masks. Uh, like I went to a store, uh, Walmart, like a few days ago, and the people were just not wearing masks. They had like five, six kids running around because everyone's being like, every everyone is away from school. And people are, like uh, the mayor has shut uh uh, businesses, sudden businesses down, but they, uh, but people are still kind of just like whatever about it. And the thing is where we travel more, we're more spread out. So like, say if you're, uh, you know, in New York, a major city, uh, everything is very compact. So, uh, if you want to go get resources, you, it's very, it's easier. Your, your, uh, I would say your footprints are not going to lead all around the city. If you're in Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Florida, you got to drive a good <laughs> percentage to go to go somewhere. So you're, so just the people you may interact with or may come in contact with are just a lot more. And you combine that with, you know, a lot of people not having health care. A lot of people didn't accept, a lot of the states didn't accept Obamacare. So there's just a lot of uninsured people just walking around spreading COVID and don't even know it. Wow. That is so interesting. Um, I was, it was interesting because I'm from Hawaii and I just did a Instagram live a couple days ago. I see Milo in the background, Jesse. Hey, you got his tail on there. I know it's a happy tail. Anyway, um, I did an Instagram live uh, with a radio personality there, and it was very interesting because they wanted to 
um, talk to me as um, I actually caught the virus and took me three times before I could actually get tested for it, et cetera. Um, and they had wanted to talk to me about what it was like to recover from it or having recovered from it. Um, and it was interesting because actually during the actual live session, there were a lot of people that were just saying things like, this is all a conspiracy. This is not really happening. This is not real. You know, is there just doing this for X, Y, and Z reason? And I'd never seen that firsthand. I mean, I've heard about it on the news a little bit, but I've not really paid attention to how many people really don't believe that this is going on. Um, and it was my first experience of, of seeing that firsthand. And that was kind of interesting. So Jacques, that sounds a lot like where you're at right now is what it, it feels like. No. Yeah. It feel, yeah. Uh, it's 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 sad because you know a lot of people are going to die from their from those beliefs even in like place like in Kentucky they had a lot of anti covid-19 protests and right after that protest Kentucky saw a, the largest spike it had ever seen in covid-19 uh in like in in people who were who got it so like the people who don't believe in it are probably going to end up with the ones with it so it's just, just this horrible cycle of inefficiency and non-information and just like the attitude of Americans just to be just very, uh, I don't say negligent, just, just be very, just innately defiant just because they can, you know? So it, it's, uh, it's. So what do you say? I mean, I'm assuming that I'm assuming that you're not one of the disbelievers of the conspiracy theory. Theorist, what are you, how do you combat that when you see people that are so unlike, you know, who are not necessarily listening to liberal mainstream news? I mean, I would like to give an answer of say, man, well, you know, you got to be patient, you know, sit down with them, you got to talk to them. But I mean, at, at this point, it just seems like natural selection. It it really is like I I don't because like what can I like like I'm not risking my life so I can like convince somebody else's life unless look unless it's my family outside of my initial family I cannot be emotionally invested in the welfare of people who don't want to believe in the national pandemic all right <laughs> Jesse you want to introduce um, our guests yeah so Ant and I have known Bradford for for many years now um, Bradford I think I met you at Equinox originally um, we're both trainers at Yep, at the Knox at Columbus Circle, and um, an excellent trainer and a great guy. And you were somebody that um, I found on Instagram to be posting like very early on about having symptoms of COVID. And I can tell you from my experience that it was very helpful to see somebody going through it and to kind of read what you were posting in terms of your experience and. Um, kind of just what you were going through at the time because there was a lot of fear around what uh, what is it and how is it and, you know, what are my chances of recovery and, and all that kind of stuff. So super helpful and, you know, I was happy to you know, invite you on with Ant so we could um, learn also more about what you're doing with COVID Warrior as well. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's really good to hear that. Um, uh, so Tell us about who I you are first. Sure. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, so day one for me, I call it my COVID birthday, uh, is March 12th. And that's when I noticed, uh, you know, mild sore throat, kind of a achy, you know, they, they say headache, but I knew it was my sinuses that were kind of aggravated. Um, 
didn't have any runny nose. It wasn't like, you know, so I knew it wasn't allergies. It wasn't a cold. So I was like, this is different. Um, so that, uh, actually that morning I trained a client at six 30 in the morning. Now this time we were all very, uh, sanitizing conscious. So I, I did not, um, did not touch this client. Everything that I touched had been wiped down, you know, cause that was just everyone taking those precautions. But when I got home, my symptoms were kind of undeniable. And I said, okay, that's it. I, I canceled the rest of my day, which would have been a couple more group fitness class. Can you imagine that group fitness classes? Oh my God. Anyway, so I canceled, <laughs> canceled my day. And, uh, so I knew I was going to be in self isolation for at least two weeks. Cause that, that was the protocol. If you have any symptoms, you got to like, you know, lock down. So I, I, um, I think I had already gone shopping. So I decided I'm gonna make a big, healthy, uh, chili, big batch of chili. So as I was, um, finishing the batch, I was trying to taste for the salt and I, I, and I kept adding salt and, and tasting it. I couldn't taste the salt. And then I realized I couldn't taste anything. I was eating this, this chili that I just made and it just tasted like mush. And I, like, well, that's, that's weird. Didn't think anything of it. I just thought that, well, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, that night is when I noticed my temperature going up. Now it only went up to, I think 99.7, but enough to signal that something, my body was fighting something off. Right. Um, now I know that just from the research that I had done and, and on the news that one of the first things that happens is your body gets a fever and that's your body's response to the invader. It, it, it thinks if I raise the temperature, I can help cook out this, this, you know, bad actor. And, and so I, I, I verified this on, on, uh, you know, personal accounts on YouTube. This guy said that it comes on really strong, hits you really hard, and then it goes away and gives you this nice false sense of security. And then you sit there and, you know, you're, you're still achy and stuff, but it's just, you know, not, not too bad. And then he said, I think it was between days five and eight is when is when it, it came back with a vengeance so that's when i knew okay brad you you have until day eight before you can like be confident that you're not going to need to be hospitalized or you know die any of those things um and so that's kind of like what i based all of my you know judgment on uh now it, uh, you know, went through the process. Now I live with my, with my boyfriend and, uh, I tried to isolate from him, uh, but we live in the same apartment. So I slept in the living room on the floor while he got the bedroom with the bed. Um, and, uh, you know, so that was a good effort, but two days later he, he had a temperature. So I, I infected my boyfriend. Uh, but the good news is, okay, I'm not doing this by myself. I at least have someone there with me, but I didn't have anybody that I knew to, to tell me, give me advice. You know, I just had people, strangers on the internet. So on day five, I think it was day five of symptoms where I decided, well, let me, let me just put this on my Instagram and, and maybe people will benefit from it. You know, I didn't want to be, uh, I, I didn't want to be grabbing attention. I didn't want to, you know, uh, I didn't want to, you know, draw attention to myself. I thought maybe it, it can be helpful. So I just said, Hey, I'm experiencing these symptoms. Um, I have not been tested. So uh, I think it was on the 16th when the coronavirus hotline had just come up. So I called it, it rang twice and they picked up. That's how early, wow. that's how early I got. So, and I talked to this very nice guy from the department of health and he took down my information and said, okay, the department of health will call you back with further instructions on how to get tested. I still have not received that call. Obviously, uh, the system got overwhelmed. Right. So, um, 
so anyway, I just started uh, documenting day by day. Okay, here's my symptoms. Here's how it felt. And then I would share what I had learned. And I said, okay, this is what I, this is what I think is the case. And, and what I gathered was it was like a 14 day process in general. And after 14 days, you're, you know, you're in the clear. And, uh, but of course, as we know, each day that information would be, would be either challenged or some, something would contradict it. And it just, it just kept changing. But regardless, I was, I was going to keeping, keeping up to date with that stuff. So as I started posting symptoms uh, day by day, I would reach a lot of people reached out, which was great. It was so nice to have people saying, Hey, I hope you feel good. You know, most of the people that reached out to me, uh, told me that I was the first person that they had a personal connection to that had it. Uh, I know, for example, I, I, I called home to my mom who lives in um, California. She was just about to say that this is overblown. Everyone's overreacting. And I said, excuse me. Um, I think I have it. And then she immediately said, okay, we're staying home. And, you know, like, like, like changed immediately. And I told her, you are not leaving the house because she, she's 73. Um, she had a battle with cancer uh, 10 years ago. She's now in remission. So, but you know, she's immunocompromised. So I said, you cannot leave the house, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and she was, she was great. She like, you know, she's okay. Yep. And she, and she got into, you know, uh, you know, uh, crisis mode where you stay calm and you get it done. So, so, so thank, thank, thank God my family, uh, they took it seriously and they listened to the, all the stuff and they're good. Jesse, you and I have both had it as well. Um, Shock, you have not, but you've had a very different experience, just experiencing it in a different part of the country than we, the three of us are. Um, but like your, you, you went now from, day eight when you had the anxiety attack, et cetera. And then they say it's 14 days. Um, and then Jesse, you can tell us also like how long your bout with it potentially was. It was quick. <clears throat> it was quick. I mean, we, um, I, similar to you, Bradford, I, I came down with it first and then Beth came down with it like two days later. Um, so I suspect that I was the first one to contract it, but, um, yeah, same idea. I mean, just had flu-like symptoms. They went away very quickly. And the most alarming thing for me was just the lock, loss of uh, smell, which actually took very long to come back. It's been over a month, and it's still not completely back. Um, and I was just waiting any day for, like, some news report to come out and be like, it's permanent. Everybody panic. I'll never smell bacon again. That's exactly what I thought. I thought, oh my God, this never going to come back. Now, here's now. Tell me, Jesse, if you experienced this. So, I I have a nightly ritual of Ben and Jerry's, and I have I have some some you know junk food around. Well, when you can't taste anything, what's the point? So, there was none. I, I did not. I did not eat any junk food. Um, I, used to, I, I was going to make tea, but then why use a tea bag? I just use warm tap water, and you can imagine whatever you want to drink. So you just use your imagination. I'm drinking, you know, I'm drinking a Gatorade right now. You, it, your body doesn't know the difference. It's it, it's true because even with a cold, you can still get the faint taste of whatever it is. This was like nothing. Absolutely, and, nothing. and that's the thing. When you have a cold, the reason why you can't taste is because your nasal passages are blocked off because there's congestion. There was no congestion. Um, right. I have, I have these little, these little. Um, they're called boom boom. These little inhalers. It's like you know cinnamon and tropical fruit, whatever. I put that all the way up my nose, and I could not smell. They, they, act, they have menthol. It kind of burns your your thing. It kind of feels nice. Could not smell a thing. So it was like just completely zero. 
Now, so what was interesting is, uh, I think it was day nine or 10, whatever, somewhere in the middle, I thought, oh, this would be kind of fun. I'll do like a no taste taste challenge. I thought that'd, that'd be a fun thing to do for instance. The garlic. So I got a clove of garlic. I cut an onion in half. And I said, Ian, turn on the camera. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show how, how little taste I have. So I put that garlic on my mouth and crunch, crunch, crunch. And, and then I, I took a bite out of the apple, crunch, crunch, crunch. It did make me cry. Like the, the <laughs> it was still spicy, it still burned, but there was no, no taste. Now here's the crazy thing. I posted that on my, on my personal Instagram page and nobody responded to it. There was like, what is he doing that for? And I realized after like a day or two of like, oh, no one knows about this yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I reposted it uh, just this past week, and there's a, there should be a lot more recognition. Um, on that note, um, looking at, you know, through all of this, there's so much negativity in some respects, um, whether that be self-isolation, depression, um, you know, feeling like you're very, you know, disconnected, etc. Um, not to mention... I have a friend that's going to be moving and I can't even give him a hug before I, before he leaves. Um, my question is what positive things have you guys been doing through this pandemic and through this social distancing? I think for me, it's been um, an opportunity to get back in touch with people that I haven't talked to in a long time. And um, definitely having zoom and FaceTime and all these other tools makes it a lot more bearable because you can at least see the person as opposed to just talking on the phone. But um, yeah, I, I, I really feel like the biggest silver lining for me has been that I've been able to connect with a lot of folks that I haven't talked to in a long time. And um, I agree, it's really difficult to not be able to see them in person. But uh, a lot of these people are people that, you know, are out of state and far from me anyway. So um I probably wouldn't be seeing them in person, but um, just having the ability to connect with them has been really uh, just really helped me to feel connected and uh, in a good space. Cool. Jacques, what are you doing through this? Like just on a positive note, besides sharing your wine with your family. Dang. I was going to say, just drink it. A drink is always a positive. <laughs> uh, um, this is literally the laugh lounge, isn't it? <laughs> So uh, just for me, honestly, reconnecting with my family, um, I usually am not able to come down to be around my family as often as I would because since I'm in New York and on that, you know, New York, uh, living that New York lifestyle. So just being around my family and just kind of being at peace with everything going on. I have the luxury of kind of living in my grandma's house. She has a very huge house. So I have the luxury of um, just trying to be able to just maintain my health, you know, working out. Um, reading, trying to just stay abreast of uh, what I want to do with my life and just being able to, I, I think the most positive thing, I mean, I'm doing is taking just a step back and evaluating, okay, what do I want to do next with my life? We're running out of time right now on this. Yeah, business. I know. <laughs> Why don't you go over this really quickly? Um, yeah. so for our listeners who are, who, have, who are just chiming in now right now is Jesse, as well as myself and our guest, Bradford Shreve, um, who's an independent personal trainer um, here in New York, um, have all had COVID at different, at different levels and different um, <clears throat> intensities. Bradford actually has started a movement. Um, why don't you tell us 
what that movement is called, the five rules of that movement, and then also where people can follow you on social media. Because I think sure. it's a very inspiring story. And because you've learned to feed people through a garden hose instead of a fire hose, I think that's also very <laughs> So it's called the, the COVID Warrior Movement. It's uh, basically run out of Instagram. Uh, the, the, the profile is at I am a COVID warrior. At all one word. COVID warrior. Yeah, at I am a COVID warrior. And, and uh, this, or your code, the, yeah. So it's it's called the COVID Warrior Code. There's five rules. Rule number one: we do not spread the virus. Rule number two: our health is our weapon. Rule number three: we are calm in a crisis. Rule number four: we spread positivity. And rule number five: we share our fight with each other. So those, if you follow those five rules, those five uh, COVID Warrior Code, you will. Uh, and you will save the world. That's basically the, <laughs> the movement. I've already uh, written it down uh, with notes. So we, uh, we already have it saved. Perfect. Yeah. So what I do is I literally go through Instagram. And if I see something that, that follows the code, I call it out. I say, hey, that's that's rule number one. We don't spread the virus. And I'll say, hey, that's spread. So I, I let people know that we are all COVID warriors. And this is not like a membership. Everyone that's listening to this right now is already a COVID warrior. You have always been a COVID warrior. It's just the circumstances have revealed it to us. And now it's important to like highlight that. So, so that I want to make that really clear that, um, for example, I, there was a homeless guy that I would pass every day and I never looked up. I never noticed him, never made eye contact. He's been there for years. After, after my experience with COVID, I, uh, I, I dropped off some money for him and I introduced myself. Well, I introduced myself as a COVID warrior. I'm, I'm a, when I'm out there, I'm anonymous. I don't, I don't, I don't be my movement. It's, it's the COVID warrior movement. Anyway, I learned his name. His name is Peter. And now Peter's my friend. I check in with him every few days. He is a really great guy. Right. And I never knew that. Why? Cause I never looked up. I never bothered to notice there was a human being sitting there. So, uh, so I just, I just want everyone to just look at the world through a, a, through a new filter, through positivity, through all these things and notice that we are all in this together. Even, even people that disagree with us, right? Even the middle America, even Trump people, they are all COVID warriors. We are all COVID warriors and it's our mission to get them on board, you know, win them over with positivity. Let's not fight, you know, like fight, fight, let's fight the virus, not each other. All right. So if, so. So let's find a positive way to to have a dialogue, and let's and let's save our energy for the for the fight of the virus. And with that, um, I just want to remind everyone: this is the Journey NYC podcast. Um, I'm Anthony, and I'm with. I'm Jesse. I'm Jacques. Yes, and we are here just spreading, you know, stories of hope and understanding that everyone has a journey. Um, if you are interested in sharing your journey, whatever it might be is we've covered everything from cancer survival, um, all the way to, um, transgendered and what, what that journey's like. Um, thank you so much for listening to us today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure, um, from myself and Jesse and Jacques, and of course our guest Bradford Shreve, who is, I am the COVID warrior on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to us today. And we look forward to, um, talking to you guys more thanks guys thanks Bradford thank you thanks for listening to the journey NYC podcast we hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast until next time take care